Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Good evening, I'm Dr. Gina and this is Primetime. President Trump, the most admired man in America. This according to Gallup's annual survey that was just released. 18% named Trump as their most admired man with Obama coming in at 15%. Biden coming in at a measly little 6%. But there must be something wrong with this poll because we all know that Joe Biden is truly the most admired man in America, right? He received a record number of votes in 2020 that far exceeds the vote totals of Trump and Obama, right? So either this poll is wrong or maybe the 2020 election is fraudulent. I don't know. Although this Gallup poll wasn't fair. The Gallup folks should have given Biden a heads up on this poll or given them a chance to cheat on it or something. I don't know. Maybe the Bidens could have produced suitcases full of people who could just vote in this poll like they produced suitcases full of ballots to rig the 2020 election. That might be what we would call fair these days. We're going to examine this a little later in the show with some really fun guests, but I also want to tell you about the latest China virus numbers coming out of California. The headline from Breitbart News today California has the worst coronavirus outbreak in the U.S. and some of the tightest restrictions. Is anyone actually surprised by this? I doubt it. I don't think most of the politicians in California are surprised. There's a list a mile long of California politicians who have been busted not following their own COVID advice. It's time to wake up. The politicians do not believe their own rules work. We know this. Now the numbers prove that their ridiculous COVID rules don't work, never did, and never will. In 2021, my New Year resolution is to live my life and to break as many ridiculous COVID rules as humanly possible. <laughs> I've already had the virus. I have the antibodies. I was tested. I don't need to social distance. I don't need to wear a mask. I don't need to skip church. I don't need to stay away from my family during holidays. I don't need to avoid going to dinner or social situations. In the new year, I might just get asked to leave a store or maybe a restaurant might refuse to seat me without my mask or I might just get kicked off of a plane and speaking of that coming up a little later in the show our own Heather Mullins was kicked off of a flight last night for filming someone else who was being kicked off of a plane not her someone else you will not believe what happened next that is coming up a little later on in the show but first let's go around the world to our hosts and correspondents on the ground where all of the action is action is happening first to washington dc where carrie sheffield is standing by carrie what do you have for us tonight hey dr gina so the big story that i've been tracking today and i had a congressman on my program this morning on just the news am he wrote a wall street journal op-ed where he said he plans to vote against Joe Biden's nominee for defense secretary. Now this nominee, his name is Lloyd Austin, and he has not been out of the military for the required seven years. He retired in 2016. And according to the law, you have to be out of the military for six or seven years, for at least seven years before you can take the top job there at the Pentagon. Now there was a waiver that was granted for uh, the nominee of Jim Mattis under 
President Obama, or sorry, under President Trump, and this congressman voted for that waiver, but he says, I will not be fooled again. I'm not going to vote for this waiver again. He said in part because he saw how Mattis led the Pentagon, and he said that the skill set just wasn't there because he said you need a political skill set, and he said that uh, it's in part why this law is in place is to make sure that there's more of a civilian control of the Pentagon. And so even some Democrats, and this is uh, the Republican congressman who I had, I had my, on my program, Mike Gallagher, he pointed out he thinks there are going to be enough Democrats who are going to be pulled over. And remember that the margin of victory for the House Democrats is going to be thinner in the new Congress. And they actually think they're going to pull enough Democrats away from voting for this nominee. In fact, a key Democrat who is on the House Armed Services Commission uh, Committee, his name is Seth Moulton, who's a congressman, a Democrat from Massachusetts. He says he plans to vote against this nominee as well. That's interesting. Trouble brewing already, um, you know, because you don't see the Democrats break rank very often. Uh, what do you think is behind that? Do you think the Democrats will be breaking rank? Are you hearing rumor of that, Carrie, on any other issues? Well, it's very interesting because we also spoke with someone on my program. Uh, she's Congresswoman-elect Boebert, a Republican. She plans to join with Mo Brooks to vote for the Electoral College Challenge uh, against Joe Biden. She also thinks that there might be some Democrats who will break rank. She wouldn't give me any names, but she said privately some House Democrats have told her they want to vote with the Republicans. So that's another one. I mean, there are other possibilities. In particular, Lloyd Austin, the Pentagon nominee for Biden, Another reason why the congressman this morning told me he was opposing him is because he doesn't have any China experience. His background is really in the Middle East. And he said, this is an old chapter. We need someone who's an expert in China because they're going to eat our lunch unless our Pentagon chief really understands that. Which might be why he would be appointed in the first place. Anyway, <laughs> we appreciate all of this from you, Carrie. Always fascinating. Thank you so much. Thank you, Gina. Now over to Jerusalem, where Gal Kalev has a report from the Holy Land. Gal, go ahead. Hi, Gina. Regards from Jerusalem. You know, people think that there is two constituents here in Jerusalem, the Israelis and the Palestinians. But in reality, there's a third. And that is what we call here the conflict industry. These are those Europeans and other Westerns that come to Jerusalem for a few years to work in the UN or one of the UN agencies or one of the NGOs. And they form their own closed, rigid social group that is different from the Israelis and the Palestinians. They go to their own restaurants, they have their own jargon, they have their own social hierarchies, their own parties. And these are good people. They're well-intentioned. Some of them are my friends. Sometimes they invite me to their parties. Uh, I remember, Gina, back in the days that we used to have Christmas parties, I went to the UN's Christmas party here at the UN Palace in Jerusalem, and I spoke to somebody who told me that in her entire tenure in Jerusalem, I'm only the second Israeli she ever had a conversation with, and the first one was her hairstylist. So you know, the problem is not that they have their own parties and their own rigid social circles. The problem is that they have their own interests and their own narrative that is different from that of the Palestinians and the Israelis. And that, to me, is a primary hurdle to peace between the Israelis and the Palestinians. Uh, and maybe as we are starting a new year, uh, we can have a new year resolution uh, that we can hope that our European friends will disengage and go back to Europe and work on the many problems they have in Europe and allow us and the Palestinians to reconcile and make peace as we're making with our other Arab neighbors. So wishing you, Gina, and your uh, viewers a happy and a peaceful new year. Back to you, Gina. Hmm. Fascinating. Lots of New Year's resolutions coming up. We'll be talking more about those in the show. Thanks so much, Gal. We always appreciate hearing from you all over there what is going on and keeping us apprised of all of that.
Coming up, Laura Trump is going to join me in studio to talk about the three big dates coming up that you will not want to miss. The January 4th Trump rally in Georgia, the January 5th Senate runoff election, and the biggest day of all, January 6th, Congress will decide whether to certify these election results. Some say they're fraudulent or will they throw them out? Stick around. You won't want to miss what we have in store for you on Dr. Gina Primetime right after this. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back to Dr. Gina Primetime. So glad you are with us. Three, kind of three really important dates coming up. January 4th is the Trump rally in Georgia to support the Georgia Senate candidates. January 5th is the Georgia Senate runoff. And on January 6th, Congress will convene to certify the electoral votes. But January 6th, may not go as planned for those Democrats out there here to discuss all of these important dates. Senior advisor to the Trump 2020 campaign, Laura Trump. Laura, January 4th, big rally day. Are you going to be in Georgia that day? Possibly. We'll see. We haven't decided yet, but I want to make sure that everybody in Georgia knows the president will be there. You should come out. And not only should they come out on January 4th to see President Trump, then they should go vote on January 5th for the Republican candidates in the Senate and that Senate runoff. Very, if they're Georgia residents. <laughs> only if you're a Georgia resident. Yes, absolutely. Because a lot of people will be coming in from out of state. This is a big, big deal. Yeah. Not really even just to Americans, but uh, certainly way beyond the scope of Georgia. This affects Americans yeah. and really Folks all over the world, this affects because um, I think it was uh, David Perdue that described this as the wall between socialism uh, and freedom. Um, but really, um, I, I would say it, it goes even farther than that. Yeah, I mean, this is so, so vitally important. I think when you look at this, it's not just a Senate race. This is really about the future of America because the reality is if Chuck Schumer gets majority in the Senate, we know the terrible things that he wants to do. We know that he said, first they, we take Georgia, then we take the world. I mean, they, they really want to transform this country. And we know that they're all beholden to communist China. So right. you're saying socialism, it could be the wall between communism and the America that we've always known. So uh, if you live in the state of Georgia, if you are a legal resident, if you are of voting age and you are registered to vote, make sure you go vote in this election and vote Republican. And if you have friends there, call them and make sure they do. All right, uh, January 5th, that is. And then January 6th, now this is really interesting. And I think a lot of people don't understand this about the 12th Amendment. I'm not sure a lot of Republicans understand it. I'm not sure a lot of Democrats understand it either. Uh, You've taken a rather deep dive into this. And can you just explain it in the best layman's terms to us? What exactly is going to go down on January 6th? Well, this is really the date of ultimate significance. So it is the date that Congress certifies the election. So um, it's funny because you haven't heard, Dr. Gina, much about this out there. And I kept having people come up to me and say, is there hope, you know, post uh, December 14th when the electors voted? Um, Is there still hope? Absolutely there is because 
The reality is the, the founders of this country set up this process for a time such as this. So what will happen on January 6th is that it is a joint session of Congress and all of the, uh, the electoral votes have now been sent to Washington, D.C. They will be opened by Vice President Mike Pence and read aloud for the joint session of Congress. And if two House members object to the votes for Joe Biden, just two, then everybody takes a break. They split up. The, the Senate and the House divide. They go debate, and then they ultimately have to vote to decide the outcome of this election. Now, here's where it gets really interesting. Each senator gets one vote. Now, we know we've been talking about, we just talked about how important it is to hold the majority in the Senate, but we do right now have the majority in the Senate. And don't forget the vice president also counts as a Senate vote. Right. So Senate gets one vote. And then uh, as far as the House is concerned, it is each delegation. So that doesn't mean that each House member gets a vote. That means each delegation, so each state ultimately gets a vote. Well, what's really interesting about this, Dr. Gina, the Republicans are in control of 30 of those votes. The Democrats are in control of only 20. So if it comes down to a vote and the Republicans in the House and the Senate decide, gosh, there was so much fraud in this election. We have evidence of it. We have affidavits, thousands of them that the campaign has gotten. Um, we have evidence of the fact that there were more people that voted in the state of Pennsylvania than even were registered to vote. Thousands of dead people voting. If for whatever reason they decide they will not certify this for Joe Biden and they vote for Donald Trump, then guess what? Donald Trump remains president of the United States for the next four years. So it is a huge, huge date. Very, very important. I know that there will be thousands of people that are descending upon Washington, D.C. for the Stop the Steal rally. Um, it's going to be something that I think is historic. We, we really have never had this date have so much importance, right. uh, you know, in, in recent memory. So it'll be a really, really big day. In some ways, this feels like the actual election. It, it almost is in a way, yeah. uh, you know, but again, the founders set this up for a situation just like this so that, you know, the, the voice of the people does not, you know, go neglected so hmm. that it, it is heard. And, and we know that in a, a, a year like 2020, in an election like we just went through with the mail-in voting, dead people voting, all the fraud, the voting system errors, et cetera, this is a time where this is really important. The genius of, of our founders is almost astonishing when you think yeah. about that. Um, I want to give you a chance to speak to um, the president because I know that I just, on a daily basis, people seem to think that I'm with him every day. I'm not. I haven't seen him in weeks and weeks uh, in person. I don't know anything except what they know, what we see in the news. Um, but you have had a chance to have some downtime with him recently. Um, and I, so I want to give you a chance to speak to um, just his, his morale, how he's doing, what you've seen, what you've observed, any, any inside uh, perspective that you're willing to share with us. Yeah. I, I always hesitate to ask that question because I, <laughs> I love for his private time to be private. For that reason, I don't post a lot of pictures that I ever have in, in, in his private settings, you know, um, because I like to give him that. Um, and, and I feel the same way about you. Um, but whatever you'd like to share, I guess, I'd yeah. like you to have a chance to share that with our audience. Well, he understands, again, what, what January 6th means. And, and he knows that this this fight is not over. And I think the thing that I continue to hear from him is, 
how impressed he is with the turnout of people that continue to come out at these Stop the Steal rallies all across the country to everyone that has been doing those. I mean, just he wants to say thank you to all of those people because how incredible it is that we have patriots who are continuing to stand up and fight for America and fight for what's right. Um, and he knows, I think, that this is bigger than, than just about him and this election. He wants the right thing to happen now because it matters for the future right. of America. And, and if we allow fraud in this election and we allow it to just get swept under the rug and we don't you know, fight it and we don't make sure that the right thing happens here, then, then what is, you know, what does that mean for the future of this country? Um, but he remains very optimistic. He knows that he, there are millions and millions of people, 74 plus million people out there who are, are you know, have his back and are fighting for him. And so he's going to continue the fight no matter what happens. Um, so I just want people to know that. Look, he's he's in a very positive place. He knows that this fight is not over. Um, and look, we're all looking forward to seeing what happens on January 6th. Awesome. Yes, there was a huge, I was just on my way uh, in to do the show today, and I see, of course, a crowd of people yeah. doing an impromptu <laughs> Trump rally just on a street corner, as yeah. I see all the time in Florida, and I always want to make sure people realize that um, he has that kind of support, and they don't know if they're going to see him today or not. That's right. Um, but, of course, I roll down my window and wave because I think it's so great that people just expressing their opinion out there. We Amazing. have so little remnants of free speech these days. Um, and speaking of free speech, the last question for you. Um, I was honored to get to participate in your show, The Right View. Last week, I'm going to participate in your show, The Right View, this week. Um, so we'll want to make sure that people catch that. Last week, YouTube censored that show, decided that they didn't want to run it because they didn't like that there were any questions brought up against uh, about the uh, election results. And um, so my network decided to run it, um, to make extra space for it, run it several times so that people had an opportunity to watch it in case they didn't on YouTube. And, um, and I want to say, as President programming we commit to do the same thing and I not only am going to do it here I'm going to challenge other networks that believe in the First Amendment and in free speech to do the same thing um, we're in this together as fighters for free speech yeah. and I don't think that our network is an island in that I think it's up to everyone who really does believe in that um, for example the New York Times just hired on staff um, someone who was the founder of BuzzFeed. Um, that should tell you all you need to know about where we are in terms of free speech in this country. Um, and so I think it's up to all of us who truly do believe in that to give shows that are censored a, an opportunity to, um, to express their views. And so um, I want to talk about that and, and what that really means to um, the message that, you know, this is the president of the United States. It's not just a campaign. It is right. the sitting president of the United States being unable to get his message out, not just with the right view, but also on Twitter he's being censored. Right. Rush Limbaugh, I know like four out of five of his tweets uh, were censored just the other day. Um, and so really the ability to deliver a message if you are a conservative is just squashed, and this isn't happening on the left. So this isn't about, uh, you know, a, an equal and fair treatment. No. This is really about one side. I'd like to get your view on that. Well, first of all, I want to say thank you for, for running our show. And this was the third time that YouTube took our show down. They continue to do that. Um, but it's, it's a little frightening because I, I think Americans are having a hard time figuring out where do you turn to get information. If these things are taken off of the internet, if, if shows like The Right View get taken down, um, but you know they allow you know terrorists to keep their videos up. 
What does that say about where we are? And I think that if if there's something else that we can give the president credit for, it's exposing all of this. Because I think before he became president of the United States, at least before he ran for president, we all sort of existed in a space where we think, oh, well, everything is fair. Well, gosh, there's equal treatment. All of all the news you need to get, you could just tune into any old uh, network and, and get it. And we all know now that is not true. We are censored for sure as conservatives on social media, uh, on platforms like YouTube. Um, and it, and it's simply for, for stating facts, you know, the numbers that we put out about um, the, the outrageous nature of, of this election and the fact that we do not believe that Joe Biden got 81 million people so inspired that they came out to vote for him. They don't like that uh, because it doesn't go along with their narrative. So they're able to just take it down. Um, but I think that's why this is one of the most pivotal moments in American history, at least in modern American history. Mm-hmm. We're living it right now. We have to fight for our rights. We have to stand up and say this isn't acceptable. We, we cannot just lay down and die and let them steamroll all of us. And so, look, our show will continue to go on. Thank you for, for giving us uh, the ability to reach more people. Thank you for, for running our show. Um, we'll continue to do it because we want to get information to people and we want people to know that we are still in this fight and we're still moving forward. Well, and thank you for, um, you know, all the great content that the that the whole Trump campaign has provided us over over the last. Uh, you know, we've covered every rally, I believe, and um, and we'll continue to cover it because it is news. It's the yeah. president of the United States, and even even if he weren't the president of the United States, one half of our political body yeah. <laughs> should be covered. And it's it's shocking to me that the news media tries to crush that. I don't know where so many of these groups think they'd be without our First Amendment, but they really are trying to crush it. Um, Laura Trump, I know that my audience would want us to wish you and your family a beautiful 2021 and we will hope that the truth is finally uncovered in this election and thank you for taking the time to come back on my show i appreciate it you got it well happy new year to you and happy new year to everyone thank you and your sweet family and darling children who are (laughs) i know just uh, tearing it up all day uh, they are yes absolutely they're loving it (laughs) thanks laura coming up i'm sorry i'm forgetting that i have any other things to do tonight coming up one of our real america's voice reporters was kicked off of an american airlines flight last night you will not believe the reason, but we are going to get to that. More Dr. Gina Primetime coming at you right after this. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past. And the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. And welcome back to Dr. Gina Primetime. Now, during the show last night, one of our reporters at RAV, Heather Mullins, was thrown off of an American Airlines flight. She is here with us now to tell us why. Heather, good to see you. Glad you got to your final destination, despite the bigotry, really, uh, the anti, anti-free speech, anti-reporter bigotry that happened on American Airlines. Tell us about it. 
So, you know, uh, we've seen a lot in the news lately, the thing with the mask mandates, right? Um, a lot of people, you're either, you, you want everyone to wear a mask or you don't. Well, on the airlines, the Air, American airline, to be exact, has a very strict mask policy. I happen to be wearing my mask on the plane, but uh, a woman a few rows behind me apparently was had been going back and forth with the flight attendant about whether or not she should wear a mask. And when I had finally gotten on the plane, uh, the the customer had walked to the front of the plane right in front of me and demanded to talk to the captain of the plane, and she was told she could not talk to him. And so it got a little heated, and I thought, oh, my God, this is going to get you know potentially bad. Like, this woman kind of seemed combative. The flight attendant was, you know, um, muffling under her breath to one of the other flight attendants. So the customer went and sat back down in her seat, and then that's when I overheard two flight attendants talking with somebody that loads luggage on the cargo ship that they were waiting for somebody that they weren't going to be moving the plane out that they were waiting for somebody they'd called down there so i was like okay well i'm going to film this like i don't know what this is what's going to happen if this customer is going to leave peacefully you know like or what what's going to transpire and we've seen so many things in 2020 with people on airplanes that you know i just thought okay well i'm going to film it for my own safety for everyone around me for the flight attendants for the customer just document what happens because as a reporter, this is something that is my job to let people know. If you're deciding to travel, this is what it looks like in America to travel right now. If you don't want to wear a mask on your face, whether you have a medical condition or not, they have these strict policies in place and people deserve to know that. So that's what I was doing when I decided to start filming. And to my knowledge, I don't, I, I, as far as I knew, freedom of the press is something that's protected everywhere, you know, uh, like from what I gathered, the Supreme Court protects freedom of the press almost every time. So when they came up and told me and saw me filming and were like, you need to stop filming. And I'm like, but I'm a reporter. Like, it's my constitutional right, like to report. And then they were like, well, uh, we don't give you permission. You need written consent to film us. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to check with a friend of mine that's an attorney you know, before I, I, I stopped filming because I felt like I was being intimidated to like stop. And mm -hmm. I'm like, my gut was like, I have a right to do this because like I'm a little fearful of the situation and what's going to happen. And usually it's when you stop run, rolling the cameras that bad things happen. And so from my right, and as I a think, reporter. I think not mm -hmm. just as a reporter, but as a citizen, you know, when the cameras are on, there's an accountability there. And I mean, you know, so many times. Um, we've advised people, you know, if you feel unsafe, as you as you told me you felt on the flight last night, um, the best thing you can do is pull out your phone. If you don't, you know, we, we're obviously not allowed to carry weapons, thank you to 9-11, and um, so there's no means to protect yourself. You can't even hardly carry a, you know, a pen on a plane. They, they make sure of that. And so if you have no means of protecting yourself, uh, then it, really your only weapon is the truth and, and being able to pull out your phone. I want to I want to say for the record, we did, I did publicly invite American Airlines to come on this show tonight um, to defend their part of this uh, conversation uh, as to why they are banning reporters, why they are banning free speech from their flights. So not only are they forcing masks on people, whether or not they're healthy, whether or not they have a health condition, um, the Americans with Disabilities Act, notwithstanding the data that says that masks are unhealthy, 
notwithstanding. Um, obviously, much civil litigation probably forthcoming against airlines. Um, all of that notwithstanding, I did invite American Airlines on here to give themselves, uh, to give their attorneys or their spokesperson an opportunity to defend uh, all of the actions that they are taking um, against the liberties of the American people. They chose not to send someone uh, to our show tonight, so um, from that people can gather what they will. Here is an interesting little tidbit. So later on in the evening, after my show was over, uh, but before I ever published your name, I think this is important, before I ever said anything about who you were in a tweet, um, I received a text that said that um, that um, my luggage would be delayed, which was very interesting because I wasn't flying anywhere, nor do I have any flights booked at the moment, uh, nor have I flown within the last couple of weeks. So there would be no reason why I would get a text like that from American Airlines, of all airlines. So I opened the text to find that um, the flight that they were talking about was actually your flight, Heather. So it <laughs> appears that American Airlines had gone into your flight records and in to my accounts to look up and see if I was in some way connected with you, which is very interesting because I don't know if they were putting a bad mark on my flight. You were told you were on the naughty list uh, by some uh, flight attendant um, with American Airlines. They told you this a little later. They were nicer to you and they were kind of taking your side and they told you you'd been listed on the naughty list now. Um, I have a feeling I might be on that naughty list now by association to you simply because I just tweeted out one of my reporters, I didn't say who, was on an American Airlines flight and was thrown off the flight simply for being a reporter and for doing her job and reporting. I didn't say who you were. They must have figured it out and gone into my account and, and uh, done something who knows what to my account. I don't know. We'll, it will be forthcoming, and I promise you I will be very public and very outspoken about it because our network is all about uh, bringing to light what is the truth. And again, even then, even though it is me and my account that they've apparently attacked now, I will, um, I will give them the opportunity to come on this show and to defend whatever it is they've done and for whatever reason they went into my account, even though I had nothing to do with this incident whatsoever, um, to, to defend themselves. So uh, this is getting very big brothery, is it not, Heather? Uh, for sure is. And it is unfortunate because I have been on several American Airlines flights where the staff was great, you know what I mean? And, it, and it's unfortunate that you have a captain and a staff like this that would go and remove someone simply for filming, you know, what was going on on their plane. Um, and even when they had come, actually, technically, I wasn't removed for filming itself. They came up to me and they asked, or, do you agree not to film? And this was after I had tried calling a few people, including you. I finally got a hold of actually John Fredericks, who was just like, you know, you know, just don't film. Like, that was his advice to me. Don't film. Let them, you know, have their moment or whatever. And so when they came back, they're like, did you have a chance to talk to your attorney? I'm like, no, I couldn't get a hold of him. But, you know, I've decided, like, they're like, are you going to stop filming? I'm like, yes, I'm going to stop filming. But I will do a story on this. And what happens? I am a reporter. This is my job. And I'm going to tell them that I was told I couldn't film. And it was after I said that that they walked back up toward the cockpit. And then they came back and were like, do you have a bag on this plane? We're going to take you off. So because I said I was going to be doing a story about what happened on their plane, they decided to take me off. And it was unfortunate because they put me on another American Airlines flight an hour and a half later. And that crew was so nice. And they were like, I cannot believe they took you off the flight for literally doing what everybody does. So it's just. Yeah, their jobs are probably all on the line for being nice to you, unfortunately. Heather, I want to show this video that you shot as you were being taken off the plane. Let's watch.
being escorted off of a flight because I was told not to film and I agreed to it. I did. It has little flowers on it. This is absolutely insane. Like what I'm trying to explain to you is on the ground here, outside of that aircraft, we get the last say. Once a captain says to us he wants somebody off his aircraft, we can't go against him. I can't go over him. Uh, so, so once you were escorted off the plane from this flight that where you weren't treated very, uh, very nicely, um, I guess it, it is ultimately up to the pilot. I also had a similar circumstance where a pilot came back and I never even took my mask off, but I guess they didn't like um, what I had on my mask. I had something on my mask, um, and I guess they didn't like that. And so the pilot came back and told me that uh, they were considering removing me for my attitude. Um, <laughs> so it's always interesting on those flights, and I believe that was a delta flight that I was on, but American Airlines has done some similar things. I know our, some of our good friends, I believe uh, David Harris Jr., for, for one, um, is not allowed to fly American. If I'm not mistaken, I believe mm -hmm. Jack Brewer also is not allowed to fly, banned from American flights. Um, we have several friends uh, who are banned from uh, flying American. So American has been one of the absolute most un-American airlines, at least to some uh, flyers, um, you know, who a lot of people have health problems. I'm one of them. I can't wear a mask without getting a migraine headache. It doesn't seem fair to me. I have the antibodies. I should not have to wear a mask. I'm not contagious to anyone. I can prove that I have antibodies. I have a doctor's note that says all of the above. Shouldn't have to wear a mask. Still have to wear a mask. So I, I have that choice. Um, you know, and, and it doesn't seem fair to a lot of people. A lot of people have worse, worse health conditions than migraine headaches that they get from uh, from breathing uh, their own, um, um, you know, air. But but Heather, um, so what happened next to you, and and what do you? What's your so whole sort of takeaway from all of this? So, you know, uh, I did eventually get put on another flight. That experience was like night and day. It was actually a great flight, great staff, everything. Um, but what was really sad was when I got into Atlanta and uh, I was leaving after I collected my bag that you apparently got notified was there somehow. Uh, I saw a whole bunch of these military guys camped out in the hallway. They'd come from all over the place. And these are people that literally fight for freedom only to come back to America to where you have airlines subjecting them to these same policies, forcing them to wear masks, whether or not they have health conditions or whatever the case may be. And, and I get the whole argument where some people are scared and they want to wear masks, but the, what America is founded on is freedom and choice. And I would really encourage American Airlines to really just embrace your name. It's American and the American way is not with these mask mandates. All right, and you finally made it to Georgia, and the mm -hmm. Senate runoff is just a week away. We're going to see if you make it back home after this. Um, and you've been on the campaign trail following the candidates. I want us to watch the report you put together on Senate candidate Kelly Loeffler. Check it out. Heather Mullins with Real America's Voice here. We're in Cherokee County, Georgia, where Senator Kelly Loeffler spoke to a crowd of people today on her upcoming runoff race slated for January 5th. Good morning, Cherokee Good morning. County. Good morning. I have a question for you. Are you ready to keep fighting for President Trump and show America that Georgia's a red state? Yes! yes. That is the right answer. She spoke on a number of different issues, really brought up the fact that the president himself was encouraging people to get out the vote in this race. But President Trump said it, Georgians, you have to exercise your right to vote. Democrats would like nothing more than 
Georgia Republicans to be frustrated and not turn out and vote. Well, we're not going to let this be handed to them uh, by through their um, frustrate, trying to frustrate our efforts uh, to show America that Georgia is a red state. She also brought up the child abuse obstruction of justice case against her opponent, Raphael Warnock. You saw what came out yesterday. Uh, Raphael Warnock uh, has uh, continued to refuse to answer questions about a child abuse investigation that he was arrested for obstructing. Uh, the media refuses to cover this, to ask questions, to ask him the hard questions. And look, a victim has stepped forward and my heart goes out to that victim. Uh, Georgians deserve to know what happened here. So we'll have more on this, more on the Senate runoff races, the campaigning across Georgia. This is Heather Mullins, Amer Real America's Voice. Heather, do voters in Georgia understand the importance of this Senate runoff? This could literally change the course of human history. Absolutely. And it's really scary when you hear this, this information about Raphael Warnock and how the one of the children that was abused at the camp he oversaw is now coming forward. And there's a lot of people that are probably going to head to the polls and vote for this man that have no idea his background because the local news and the national news aren't picking up those stories. I mean, I interviewed people in that county today after she brought up that fact about the, the victim coming forward. And I said, did you know about this? And they're like, no, we heard about it yesterday for the first time. So it's, it's a little concerning to me that somebody with that sort of background and apparently domestic violence as well is on the ballot January 5th. And there's going to be people voting for him that have no idea. Believe all victims, except when it doesn't suit your narrative, I guess. Heather, thank you so much. Keep us posted on the American Airlines story Absolutely. and, of course, on what's going on in Georgia. And we wish you well uh, getting back home on some airline. <laughs> I might be able to make a couple of <laughs> recommendations. Some are definitely better than others. Thank you so much for being with us. Heather Mullins. Thanks, Gina. Coming up, the brand new China virus numbers are out, and you will not believe where the hot spots are right now. Stick around. More Dr. Gina Primetime coming at you right after this. Welcome back to Dr. Gina Prime Time. So glad you are with us. Now, the latest China virus numbers are out, and for some odd reason, California has the worst COVID numbers. Now, imagine that. Here is the headline from Breitbart News. California has worst coronavirus outbreak in U.S. and some of the tightest restrictions, as you might also guess. <laughs> Here to discuss two of my favorite people from California, Amanda Head and Michelle Huffman. Michelle, um, first to you, how is it possible with all of the restrictions that you tell me you live through on a daily basis, uh, all the things that your governor has done to make your life virtually impossible. You can hardly move in California. How is it that coronavirus is even being spread? It's even worse these days, and we're supposed to be locked down, and we can't come out after 10, and yet we are in this heightened state of security because this virus has just gone rampant. I think it's a lie. I think it's a lie. The numbers are skewed. They never talk about how many times they repeatedly test the same person because some businesses require daily testing. So these numbers are just inflated and they're projecting these uh, what high, high cases of hospitalizations like less beds and so on and so forth, yet they're empty. So I'm really calling a lie on all of these numbers. 
Amanda, I don't think Governor Newsom is surprised by this. I mean, he doesn't follow the, his own COVID restrictions. So do you think these inflated numbers that Michelle is talking about are really just for the purpose of keeping control over the population? It, it honestly would not surprise me at this point. I think that Michelle is spot on. We have spoken ad nauseum on this very program about the error rates among these COVID tests. And they are saying that the number has reached 45,000 new cases a day. That's supposedly a record. Um, but we've had the tightest restrictions in the entire country the entire year. It's not working. And you know that the liberal argument is going to be the same thing that they say for socialism, which is, well, we just didn't do it right or we didn't do it enough. We didn't do it as, you know, aggressively enough the first time around. But this time around, we're going to get it right and we're going to make things better. And it just I don't see that happening. And it's the definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. But when you consider who we're talking about here, Gavin Newsom and Eric Garcetti, then uh, the notion of insanity in the argument becomes pretty understandable. But Michelle, you know, the thing is, they told us, you know, if, if we wear masks, and of course, you know, Newsom's the first to implement the hardest mask mm. man mandates. Uh, I think even outside, you're supposed to wear masks. You're supposed to wear masks between your bites at dinner. Oh. Um, if you, you know, if everybody's shut down and forced to stay in their homes, if everybody, um, you know, can't go to Christmas and Thanksgiving, if you can't go to dinner, only only, only Governor Newsom can do that. Um, you know, and, and so all of these rules are implicated, implemented. And then, of course, if we got the vaccine, which of course they're giving the president no um, no credit. warp speed credit for but if we got that if all of that happened then then I guess we were supposed to believe they were going to loosen some of the restrictions right or at least the numbers were supposed to go down remember oh we're gonna do this for just this amount of days what was it 30 days or 40 days or 60 days I don't know I don't remember but they kept giving us these time none of that was true none of that panned of out all of the things that the people have complied with of California um, were for nothing because mm -hmm. there none of these were promises kept no. Um, and so ultimately, do you think California is ever going to loosen any of the COVID restrictions? I'm afraid, and literally, I, I think I could really use that word, afraid that they won't. And we already hear Biden talking about how this is the dark winter and it's going to get worse and it's going to not look any better and it's actually going to get worse into the first, what, three to six months of 2021. And I don't see it getting any better and I'm afraid that... Um, people are just going to allow it to happen. And we do see a lot of uprising within the patriot community, but I don't think it's enough, especially in California. We're here today in Florida, and I do see a little bit more pushback, but unfortunately not enough. You live right on the border of Mexico in California, and you're originally from, your family's at least originally from Tijuana. Are their numbers as bad as they are across the border in California? Well, I'm not really keeping up with what's going on down there, and I know they're just as afraid, but I really don't feel that they're as communistic and ugh, just just crazy as our governor is i really so don't mexico so. is more free than america's california and that that alone should scare you okay i want to ask you both about this gallup poll president trump is the most admired man in america according to gallup's annual survey that was just released 18 percent named president trump as their most admired man with obama coming in at 15 percent and biden coming in at just six percent but there must be something wrong with this poll because we all know that joe biden is truly the most admired man in America. He received a record number of votes in 2020 that far exceeds the vote totals of Trump and Obama, right? So either this poll is wrong or maybe the 2020 election is fraudulent. What do you think, Amanda? 
Yeah, Joe Biden got 6% of the vote. Donald Trump, with 18% of the vote, literally got three times the amount of votes for most admired man in America. Yet we are supposed to believe that Joe Biden won the election with, what, 82 million votes? I'm just not buying it. I'm sorry. This is just, you know, add this to the ever-growing list of reasons to be very, very skeptical of this election. All right, guys. Well, it is time for our meme of the day. Now, this meme shows us a very nice-looking man wearing a very annoying-looking plastic face shield, and the meme says this. The same people who were telling us to take off our tinfoil hats are now walking around looking like this. Um, this is the nice-looking man. Okay, well, I'm, Jason wrote the prompter. <laughs> I always blame Jason <laughs> when things go wrong. Amanda, what kind of people wear these crazy-looking face shields anyway? Isn't it so funny? You see a group of people who are supposedly the tinfoil hat theory people, the conspiracy people, and we're walking around without masks on. We're breathing in the fresh air because, I mean, well, we've known as long as civilization has been around that that's good for us to breathe in oxygen created by trees and plants and things like that. But the smart people, the ones who look down on us, are the ones who are covering themselves up like cartoon characters. It's absolutely ridiculous. Okay, Michelle, you get to vote quickly. Which looks crazier, the face shield or the, the masks that cover, like, so much of your face? Oh, they both look ridiculous, but I'm going to say the face shield. I think it's ridiculous covering your eyes, your face, and, and then on top of it, you put another one underneath. That's, like, the, going those are the crazy, the Especially when they're on a boat by themselves in yeah. the middle of the ocean. Those are, those are the people <laughs> that you know are truly, they've totally lost it. All right, Amanda Head, Michelle Huffman, thank you so much for being with me tonight. And now it is time for... Doctor's orders. What is your New Year's resolution? Well, the Washington Post has always had a motto of democracy dies in darkness. It's especially interesting, don't you think, considering that they've become one of the top two masters of censorship, if you will, along with the New York Times. The New York Times might perhaps win that award with their newest hire, the founder of BuzzFeed. Last week, when I recorded The Right View with Laura and Eric Trump and Kimberly Guilfoyle, uh, YouTube pulled it down because we mentioned election irregularities. Ooh, how dare you? YouTube will continue to censor whatever they don't agree with, but they don't ever censor anything on the left side of the political aisle. They censor many of the president's tweets. They shadow ban conservatives like me and you and probably many others. They censor four out of five of Rush Limbaugh's tweets in a one fell swoop. And I'm sure many of you have been shadow banned altogether from various social media platforms. That's just a way of life. We've almost come to accept it as conservatives, so much so that others like Clout Hub and Parler have come to being in response to all that. Well, in response to what YouTube did, I as, I, as the president of programming for RAV, decided to run the right view as many times as we could possibly fit it into our programming over the holiday weekend. And I will do the same thing again should YouTube decide to pull their antics yet again and censor the right view this week. I challenge all pro-First Amendment networks, regardless of your political views or that of, of those uh, your, that are your hosts, to do the same thing that we've done here at Real America's Voice. If you believe in the First Amendment 
and you believe in free speech, then you should be actively working to promote the things that other platforms censor. As long as I'm president of programming here at RAV, that will continue to be a goal regardless of our political preferences or other others political preferences as well. As we reported earlier, one of my reporters got on board an American Airlines flight and was thrown off of that flight merely for being a reporter and attempting to record something that she thought might result in something newsworthy. That is not only her job as a reporter at our network, that is her job as an American citizen. I would challenge every American citizen to follow suit. We should all take responsibility for what is censored and do our best to record and get the truth out by whatever means we have. As this new year approaches and the most censored year in American history is falling behind us, I challenge each and every one of you watching this show tonight to take our First Amendment into your own hands and to do what you can to challenge the machine that has become American censorship. And that is your doctor's orders for this evening. Thanks to all of you for joining me tonight. And thank you to everyone here at your new home for real news, the uncensored and undaunted Real America's Voice live from Studio 6B up next with Damon and the crew. Hug your children, love your God. You go boldly now and live the truth. Good night.